Hello, welcome to Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Odinyebuchi Okono. The title of this week's Bible Study Review is For What Nation Is There So Great? The key text is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 8. And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you this day? Please pray with me. Eternal Father, it's another time to study your word. Thank you for such a beautiful opportunity we have. Grant us wisdom to understand you. Dear Lord, grant us humility to believe you. Father, please grant us courage to follow you. And Lord, grant us grace to enjoy your blessings. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The first three chapters of Deuteronomy are historic. They were inspired to remind Israel of what they had been through and how God had been faithful to his covenant promises to them. The history served four main purposes. Firstly, it helped in reminding Israel of events of the past. Secondly, it helped the people to learn from events of the past. Thirdly, Israel's history showed the people the power and grace of God walking among them. And finally, it reassured them that even though they messed up, the Lord was still going to honor his covenant with them. Moses used these lessons to persuade Israel to respond to God's faithfulness to them by obeying him. See how he persuaded Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve him with all thy heart, and with all thy soul. What does your history tell you about God's faithfulness in your life? How are you responding to his faithfulness with obedience? Do not add or take away. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Now therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you. For to them that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth thee. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. In this text, God tells Israel to obey his statutes and his judgments and not to add or to take away from them. Adding or taking away means changing God's law or taking sides with the devil, for that's exactly what the devil does. Right from heaven, Satan has been very active campaigning that the law of God is faulty and that it needs revision. Sadly, there are some people and even institutions that have taken sides with Satan in this campaign. The history of Israel shows that individuals and the nation as a corporate union were guilty of adding to or removing from God's law and that they paid heavily for their disobedience. We find an example of such disobedience in Matthew chapter 15, verses 4 to 6. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that cursed father or mother, let him die the death. 
But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or mother, It's a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandments of God of none effect by your tradition. Also, when Israel eventually came to the promised land, all that God asked them to avoid, such as idolatry or marrying from the hidden nations around them, were the things that Israel loved. What are you adding or removing from God's word? Remember, God will judge all those who remove or add to his word. Baal Paul. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Balpur. For all the men that followed Balpur, the Lord thy God had destroyed them from among you. But ye that cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, to this day. Deuteronomy 4 verses 3 to 5 is one of the darkest reminders of Israel's history. In this text, the nation was reminded of how God's anger was poured out on those who followed Baal. Numbers 25, 1-15 gives more details of a record of this shameful compromise. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit wardom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. How could Israel have been so low? How could those who have so benefited from God's mercy and grace turn their backs so soon on Jehovah? How could those who were to teach hidden nations around them how to obey and love Jehovah now become guilty of idolatry? The more they admired other gods, the deeper they slipped into idolatry until they themselves began to go after those gods themselves. Hosea 4 verses 12 to 14 suggests that there was also sexual sinning during the worship of Baal. Satan took advantage of Israel's willingness to sin and brought pagan women to seduce the men to fall deeper into sin. This should remind us of how vulnerable we all are and how we should never give the devil a footstool because we can fall so miserably at any point, we become spiritually reckless. No doubt, the people became so attached to this false god that they even sacrificed to it. Despite everything they had been taught, they were willing to throw it all away in the heat of passion and lust. How could this have happened? By taking a first step into idolatry, the stage was set for more steps, which became easier. This was Satan's ultimate goal. Israel became so debased that one man even brought his Midianite woman right into the camp itself, right before Moses and before the people who were weeping outside the tabernacle. Well, the Lord's anger became averted only after he had been slain. What steps are you taking away from God? How can you learn from Israel's history? To stop right now and return to God. Cleave to the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 4 verse 4. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, to this day. The original word for cleave 
often points to a strong commitment to adhere to something outside of oneself. In this context, it appeared four times in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 10 verse 20, Deuteronomy 11 verse 22, Deuteronomy 13 verse 4, Deuteronomy 30 verse 20. And in each case, the idea was the same. The people were to cleave to their God. That is, they were to give themselves to him and to draw power and strength from him. What's important to remember is that the people themselves are the ones who must do the cleaving. They must make the choice to cleave to God and then in his power and strength avoid falling into sin. Deuteronomy 4 verse 4 explains the difference between those who fell into sin and those who didn't. Notice the contrast between those who followed Jehovah and those who followed Baal. All who followed after Baal were destroyed, but all who cleaved to the Lord were alive. There was no middle ground then, and there is none now. We're either for or against Jesus. We're either ready for life or for death. God is faithful. God is able to keep us from falling, but we have to make the conscious choice as did the faithful at Baal to cleave to God. If so, then we can be assured that whatever the temptation, we can remain faithful. How do such things as prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship help us to cleave to the Lord? Please discuss your answer with someone. For what nation is there so great? Deuteronomy 4, verses 5 to 6. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding and the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Some Bible scholars argue that this text should be the summary of the book of Deuteronomy and that all other parts should just be the commentary. The Lord wants the people to realize that they have been called, chosen for a special reason. They are a great nation, just as God had told Abraham in Genesis 12 verse 2. Right from the first call out of the Chaldeans, he said to him, I will make you a great nation, the ultimate blessing will come upon you. But the ultimate blessing in real time is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who also came through the line of Abraham. Israel was to inherit this blessing from Abraham, but it was to be sustained through obedience. And the same way we have been called to become beneficiaries of the covenant blessing of Abraham, but we are to continue to enjoy it through obedience, your wisdom, and your understanding. Deuteronomy 4, 1-2. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to them that ye may live, and go in and possess a land which the Lord God of our fathers giveth you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. 
This text is a powerful expression of not merely Israel's status, but of its missionary calling as well. You find in the text the idea that Israel needs to obey God's command and to teach them to the hidden nations around them. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 6, God referred to the keeping of his titles and judgments as the wisdom and understanding of Israel before the nations. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding and the sight of the nation, which shall hear all these titles and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. At first glance, it might seem as, as if the statutes and judgments themselves were what contained the wisdom and understanding. But that's not what this text says. The Lord had taught them statutes and judgments, yes, but their wisdom and understanding came from their keeping them, from their obeying them. Their obedience, that was their wisdom and understanding. Israel could have been the most wonderful system and could have had the most wonderful government or systems of law and rules, and even regulations that the world has never seen. But instead, they missed the mark. But here in this text, we learn that the wisdom and understanding of Israel came from real-time manifestation of God's laws in their lives. They were to live out the truths that the Lord had given them. And they could do that only by obeying him. All the light, all the truth wasn't going to do anything to the pagans around them if they did not leave them out. Hence, again and again, they were called to obey because their obedience to the statutes and judgments, not the statutes and judgments themselves, was what mattered in terms of being a witness to the world. Their obedience, that was the wisdom and the understanding. Each while rise in Christians and Christ's object lesson, page 288, their obedience to the Lord of God would make them marvels of prosperity before the nations of the world. He who could give them wisdom and skill in all cunning work would continue to be their teacher and would ennoble and elevate them through obedience to his laws. If obedient, they will be preserved from the diseases that afflict other nations and will be blessed with vigor of intellect. The glory of God, his majesty and power were to be revealed in all their prosperity. They were to be a kingdom of priests and princes. God furnished them with every facility for becoming the greatest nation on earth. In conclusion, God has commissioned us to be a light to the hidden world around us. Our wisdom and understanding to the world is our obedience to his statutes and judgments. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for bringing this lesson to us. Dear Lord, forgive us and help us to reflect your light to the world around us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For questions and contributions, you can reach me on WhatsApp through plus 234-903-789-1680. God bless you.